You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. With me is Lee Adler from Liquidity Trader. And Lee, I've been seeing a couple of your tweets and you've been fairly prolific with your tweets recently. And the one that really caught my eye and will catch a lot of South African investors' eyes is gold looks terrible. You've been a fan of gold, you've been right on it, but now you're saying gold looks terrible. On what do you base this presumption? Well, I don't want to get too technical, but... um... 1280 is a, a really important support level. And uh, if it goes, it's, that's like the death knell, I think, for uh, the, the three to four year cycle on gold. It, it's, it would clearly uh, be uh, an important breakdown and it would signal a resumption of the secular bear market that gold has been in since, what, 2011. So you know, keep an eye on 1280 today. That's the key number. It, it broke trend support. I mean, it broke an uptrend line this morning when it opened in New York. So that that was another signal. But uh, since then, since 9:30 a.m. New York time this morning, uh, both gold and silver, which would silver gapped below support, and it looked like it was really headed for a crash. But they've both come back, and they both mm. come back to test the point of the breakdown. So they may be teasing us. This might be like a false breakdown, and you know, it could turn into a nice rally. And today, today's like a really, really important day in that regard. So we'll have to see where we are later this afternoon and whether they can uh, maintain uh, some buying above this 1280 su- support level, because if they don't uh, get out. Yeah, well, it's interesting as well, because of the uh, euro dollar exchange rate, uh, the dollar, the dollar being weaker against the euro, and yet the gold prices are coming down, which is very strange, yeah. I think. I mean, normally, that is a traditional relationship that goes in the opposite direction. Now, when I was in Europe for uh, four and a half months, the uh, euro dollar exchange rate was always around 113. It seemed to be uh, just kind of fluctuating up and down, maybe a penny. Yeah. So I, th- I think it needs to get below 112. It's not below 112 yet, is it? No, it's 113.05, actually. It's quite the opposite. One, one, yeah, two, yeah one, 115. Yeah, the dollar's weakening at 115. That, that sounds like a, like a breakout for the euro. So, um, that, that's, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Okay. So the dollar's on a weakening path. The euro is strengthening. The gold price is, yeah, I is got coming out of, down. I got out of Europe just in time. Yes, you did. And Europe is, yeah. uh, is very grateful that you have got out of it. Uh, <laughs> you were talking about 2,900 being a big round number. I love your round number analysis on one of your tweets the other day. 2,900, of course, being the level on the S&P. And suddenly it's, I mean, it, it, it's the easiest game in town. You buy the stock market. For the last three months, you buy the stock market. What on earth is yeah. going on? Yeah, uh, and here we are right now. I'm looking at my screen. We're at twenty eight ninety nine point five two. Right. So, so uh, and, and we broke out on Friday a little bit. Got to twenty nine oh eight, and that didn't sustain this morning. But the the pattern is still still bullish. Um, really, for the bears to have a shot, and you know, I'm kind of. Uh, sort of a preternatural world bear, um, but I'm going to call it as I see it. I, I would love to see it break down, but it needs the S and P needs to get below 2860. So, in between 2860 and 2900, yeah, the bears might have a shot, but unless it breaks below 2860, I think the the trend is still very strong, and right now it's still hanging around 2,900. If it takes out 2,908 on the upside, then 
we're almost certainly going to go to at least a, a minor new high, breaking in that 29.40 level. I have cycle projections now. The 10, 12-month cycle is one of the most important swing cycles that I watch. Yes. And uh, when, when you look at that reversal that we had back in December, that it formed the big, what, what technicians call a reverse head and shoulders pattern. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when it broke through the neckline and, and you do a traditional technical measure, measurement, it, it pointed to a high of like 3,300, 3,350. Wow. And, and the, um, well, there's no guarantee we're going to get there, but that's the potential of the move in the, in the traditional technical analysis. Well, I do something called centered moving average projection, which is a, a method under cycle analysis. And my 10, 12-month cycle just uh, as of Friday gave us the first projection to the upside for that cycle. And lo and behold, it's 3,300 to 3,350. So, you're, you know, if you're a bear like me, it's uh, it's uh, depressing. Pretty yeah, it's disconcerting. It's depressing. <laughs> it's like, what the heck is going on? And I know it's being driven by leverage. That that I know from from my liquidity work. I mean, that obviously the central banks aren't adding money right now to to push this thing. So, from a liquidity standpoint, this shouldn't be happening, but. Uh, traders can create their own leverage by using margin and using repo and extending their leverage ratios. And that's what's going on. So ultimately, it, needs, it, it will end badly. But as long as they're continuing to behave this way, then then we have to uh, consider the fact that the trend is your friend. And this has been one of the clearest uptrends I've ever seen. Yeah, the trend is your friend. But the trend was your friend in December when the S&P nearly fell right. 9%. And then suddenly, from nowhere, Jerome Powell, dear JP, came out and said, no, we're not going to raise interest rates. Who told you we were right. going to raise interest rates? Interest rates are, in fact, going to stay the same. And if anything, there'll be quantitative easing rather than quantitative tightening. And Mr. Trump is absolutely right because he's a genius economist and I'm going to follow him. And, <laughs> and suddenly the market took off. Is there any way that the V-shaped recovery, which has formed the reverse head and shoulders that you've been talking about without getting too technical, is there any yeah. level that it can break in order to destroy that very, very powerful pattern? Well, yeah, 2860 would be the beginning. It, it, well, it's interesting too, because there's another cycle, a little bit shorter, six months, that uh, I'm seeing signs that it is topping out. Now it's a little overdue for a top now. So let's say this week, if the market doesn't make any more progress to the upside, uh, then I think we have a shot at reversing this thing. But uh, but if it does, if the market does break out here and and move through this uh, little high we had on Friday of around 29.11, then I, I think the bear case is dead, at least for months. And um, so, yeah, th this week, if, if they don't get any traction here, and, and it looks to me like they're making a little double bottom you know, on the intraday chart right now. So uh, by the time uh, you, uh, folks out there hear this, yes. uh, it looks like 29.03 in the very, very short run, just on an intraday basis, that's a key level. So they get above, if they get above that, I think it's going to be off to the races to the upside. Then on the downside here, just looking at today's intraday chart, um, 2896 on the downside. If they can get below that, then I think we can get something going, you know, maybe down to 2880 or so. But we're talking pennies here. I mean, it's, uh, this is day trader stuff.
Yeah, it is. I mean, the big picture is is something a lot bigger, and that is the fact that yeah. Disney boosted the market on Friday. And isn't it amazing that there is these are not people that are making cars or producing steel or con- yeah, contributing. Yeah, making right. They're giving us a streaming service which is four dollars no, a month fantasy. cheaper than Netflix. And I I get yeah. quite I don't feel sad about it. I just think to myself how things have changed. The fact that a company like Disney, who's gonna give us seven dollars a month streaming, watching pretty awful movies, quite honestly, right. is boosting the yeah, stock market and making people wealthy. It's very strange isn't it to ironic? me. Isn't it ironic though that Disney basically their business is creating fantasy they have their theme parks, they have their movie theaters, mm. but they are also in the United States in the news business. And yeah, ABC News is one of the big, ABC is a unit, uh, the American Broadcasting Company is a unit of Disney. Yeah. And ABC News has been a news powerhouse in the United States of America for decades. So, you know, they're in the business of creating fantasy and at the same time, they're in the business of reporting news. So, it, I mean, it, it just blows your – if you stop and think about it, it's mind-blowing. And all of the media companies, it's the same thing. Fox News is the worst because they're clearly engaged in fantasy propaganda. And, and, and you know, it's just um, – how is it that, that fantasy companies are delivering the news to us? It's You know, fake news is, is all around us, but – Certainly, I would trust them before I would trust the propaganda coming out of the U.S. government and those that support it. Yeah, we could talk about politics all day, but I mean, it just seems to me that this Teflon-coated President Donald J. Trump is going to continue to to prosper. The latest Jerome Powell anti-Fed tweets that he sent out are quite extraordinary. Yeah. He said that the U.S. stock market. He didn't mention. He said the market. He said the market would be up five to ten thousand points higher if the Fed had done its job. What? Yeah, print money. Uh, hello, print money. The, jo- the job is to print money. Well, you know, look, there's a lot more inflation than than the official figures uh, recognize, and um, the U.S. economy is basically limping along. I look at the real-time tax data to see what's happening, and it's it's not as strong as people think. It's not as weak as people think. It's sort of on the precipice of it could break down, but it's not breaking down. Uh, actually, there's a lot more job formation, if you believe the withholding tax data. There's a lot more job formation than the Bureau of Labor Statistics non-farm payrolls data would indicate, but they're all lousy, low-paying low jobs. Yeah. People aren't making yeah, people aren't making any money. They're basically subsisting. And it's only those So they're burger the flippers in other words. Yeah, exactly. Or they're, you know, Walmart greeters and uh, <laughs> it's or they're driving Uber or Lyft cars and Uber and Lyft have been cutting the payout rates to their drivers and and basically you can't make any money driving an Uber. Uh, it, it's um it's really a shell game right now, and it's only those at the top that are kind of moving this thing. And, you know, they might the, – the retail sales data is very interesting because it's basically flat. You know, there's all these jobs being created, but there's no increase in sales. That's because the jobs that are being created doesn't allow people to buy anything. Um, but, but the – so the retail sales aren't growing. 
And those at the top are basically uh, maybe pulling in their belts a little bit and and taking their savings and buying stocks with it, perhaps. Not, none of this strikes me as healthy. The U.S. economy is being hollowed out slowly, but surely the whole world is seeing the middle class being you know shrunk and people falling below uh, middle class uh, income levels. So it's in the long run, it's unhealthy. It can't be sustained without some kind of a cataclysm down the road. Yeah, we've been saying that for years, though, Lee. Unfortunately, it is going yeah. to it is going to carry on for a long time. I mean, the jobs data business is a very interesting one. I mean, I could create a lot of jobs in South Africa by saying, well. There's a hundred chaps, okay, and you come to this field in the morning, you dig a hole, and then you get another hundred chaps in the afternoon after the, those chaps had toiled for three hours and fill that hole in, please, and I will give you a subsistence <laughs> amount in order to go and buy some food and some uh, toilet paper and to look after your family. But it doesn't create any spending, but in the job statistics, it looks absolutely fantastic. I've just created right. 200 jobs. Right. That's what we're seeing in the U.S. Uh, exactly. And, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the jobs growth came roaring back in um, in March after that very low number in February that I think the last time we talked, I told you looked bogus. Mm. So, yeah, I, there are jobs being created, but they're at the lowest, lowest wage levels. And that's not a good thing. You know, people and, and the jobs that are being lost are, are high paying jobs. And then the people turn around and they're used to making a high wage and then they they go to a subsistence wage and, and their spending patterns are sharply cut back. People don't have discretionary income to spend on luxury items. So, again, it's a hollowing out of the U.S. economy. Lee Adler, how do we get hold of you, please? Well, you can read my free stuff at WallStreetExaminer.com a couple times a week. And uh, the proprietary uh, trading services and liquidity analysis is at liquiditytrader.com. Lee Adler from Liquidity Trader, thanks very much for your time and insight. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.